0: You're listening to The Untaming Podcast.
1: We wild the child. An anthropological,
0: biological,
1: cross-cultural,
0: evolutionary,
1: and physiological approach to childhood from preconception to adulthood.
2: For a young child, what they need in order to keep be able to keep these benefits of the cold so to say but in order to keep this practice and the joy of playing outside they need i think parents that allow them to engage with the cold to go outside without a coat on when it's raining to you know step outside in the snow with their bare feet when there's snow and and to roll around in the mud to get wet to risk getting a little bit too cold
3: Why do African babies start sitting earlier? The first researchers who started looking at this were so struck uh, being quite aware at how much earlier it was from the so-called developmental norms that they called these babies precocious. That term I think itself is racist because it assumes a norm from which African babies are diverging. Mm why shouldn't African babies be the norm? (laughs) Or why should there be any norm?
0: Eight hours of sleep being nonsense. Well, it it kind of is because in the winter, we need to sleep for longer. Um, And the reason we need to sleep for longer is we need to preserve, from an ancestral standpoint, we need to preserve calories because the food wouldn't have been in abundance in those months. So it's darker, you would probably be be in bed at 4 p.m., waking up at like 7, 8 a.m., so you're getting huge amounts of sleep. To conserve calories and to keep us surviving through the winter, just look at some of the other animals out there, they hibernate through those months to preserve and conserve calories.
3: I still learned exclusively from white women. And an overwhelming majority of our clientele were white women. You know, there was maybe a handful of other POC families, but uh, never did we serve a Black family, never did we serve a Native family, you know. And so anyway, that's how I learned, right? And What I saw very quickly was how, again, it didn't prepare me as a native person wanting to serve my community to work in my community.
4: Yeah, and it's been an eye opener for me because I suppose I would have been what came through in my training, you know, right the way through from medical school and, and into my pediatric training and my medical training. was (laughs) was <laughs> yeah the traditional fats are bad and they're going to kill us even though that's what we've been eating for forever and we need to be trying to get all of these new fangled polyunsaturated vegetable oils
1: over the last hundred years our infant care practices have sort of diverged away from providing that for, for all sorts of reasons some of which you know, we probably don't fully understand. And then when we look at other cultures around the world, they, of course, keep their babies with them all the time. You know, they have fashioned devices in all sorts of ways to strap babies to mother's bodies or to, you know, be able to, to put them down right next to the mother when she's working, whatever it is that she's doing. And, of course, in our society, industrialization sort of disrupted all of that. Because a mother couldn't take a baby into an industrialized sort of factory strapped to her body. That just wasn't safe. And so she was expected to leave it behind. And that that is one of the big drivers of the sort of the, the goal of creating independent infants.
2: Almost always, except when you're running or working out. Nasal breathing is superior to mouth breathing. So the nose is a filter. It's an air conditioner. um, It's a humidifier. It makes sure that every breath of air is enriched with an amazing chemical called nitric oxide, which is very important for metabolic processes. So it's uh, the most important part of that first line of defense of your immune system because it's a huge filter and your respiratory system is the only system that is always exchanging particles with the outside world.
3: And also what doesn't change is typically the advice to put the baby in a separate space, close the door, turn off the lights, turn off music, put quiet baby sleeping signs around, and basically keep a very closed, tight environment. That's the opposite of how babies all around Africa and much of the global south beyond Africa, including um, much of Asia as well, sleep. Uh, So in the villages where I've worked, babies during the day spend most of their nap time vertical and moving rather than horizontal and stationary. They spend most of their nap time on somebody's back who's walking. So they develop I would say, a certain flexibility in being able to fall asleep.
4: Chemicals made by plants to protect them from various things, not just from us, I think in large part is from infections and from from ending up getting mouldy and from being eaten by insects and probably eaten by other animals, because plants... Um, they don't really have immune systems and they also can't run away or bite or scratch or kick you <laughs> if you start to eat them. So what they can do though is to produce produce toxins. You know, and that's part of the kinship values that it's already instilled in us as Indigenous people is that clanship is like what we say, it didn't they? But those aunties coming in and helping, those grandmothers taking that role. And we talk about that, what the parenting looks like, and that was, again, disrupted during boarding schools. That wasn't, these things weren't allowed to continue until we had to start reclaiming some of these traditional
1: practices. It's controversial because when parents are told not to bedshare, and of course, you have to go and feed your baby somewhere in the night, what often happens is that you go and sit on the sofa and feed your baby and you fall asleep by accident. And so it's, it's, there's a strong suspicion that some of these infant deaths have actually been driven by anti-bed sharing kind of messaging because parents have felt unsafe in the bed thought they would stay awake when they went downstairs, but actually you don't stay awake, you fall asleep anyway. And it would have been safer if they'd had the baby in the bed safely arranged than just falling asleep on the sofa and the baby kind of getting wedged or whatever into some kind of a crack.
0: Women with um, mismatched circadian rhythms so, exposed to too much blue light will have more susceptibility of, of having um, children with more sort of learning difficulties and ADHD. And we've seen a huge spike of ADHD in the last 20 years in, in um, diagnoses. And typically, um, when you look at it from a circadian rhythm standpoint, it's probably because the mothers were, were exposed to too much blue light during um, the, um, that, that sort of incubation period. To hear more, subscribe for free on the podcast app on your smartphone. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and all of your favorite podcast platforms.